This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I want you to think about what was happening in Paris with the uh, with the riots over there. Those were many of those second, third generation North Af- African migrant children of, of migrants. They were for, you know, under every definition, uh, French citizens. I believe, I don't know what French immigration law is, but we tend to think if they were, you know, born there a third generation. But they had done nothing to assimilate. Didn't want to assimilate. I don't even know that it was ever discussed as an idea to assimilate. Assimilate to what? What did they, What are they coming for? Presumably work. Mm, maybe other things. Maybe to just to to stay with the crowd. Who knows? Uh, but when you look at what's going on in New York City with the migrants have been bust there, the, the numbers we're being told are over a hundred thousand that they don't know what to do with and growing every day and each day because they don't have a good plan to deal with it the tensions are going to continue to rise resources are going to get stretched thin at some point if they're not already probably are we saw photographs where there were migrants waiting to get into a hotel there was no room they couldn't even get in to use the bathroom and i brought this up it's just a simple thing going to the bathroom they need food they need to go to the bathroom who's providing that and then what's the game plan is this all going to be labor? How is this going to assimilate into the American countryside? I, you know, aside from the immediate needs that everybody's focused on, the immediate challenge, what happens a year from now? Under the best of circumstances. New York City, L.A. is having the same problem. But L.A. is about to have a bigger problem. Because in, we don't hear about the numbers in L.A. for some reason. All the fixation is on New York City. But L.A. is having essentially the same problem. I think their numbers are being reported at 75,000 or something like that. Maybe because it's warmer. I don't know. New York City, you have a real problem in the winter. You're not going to have people sleeping on the sidewalk. What are you going to do then? Both cities. and So in L.A., now they're talking about a massive strike by public workers in L.A., and I'm having trouble figuring out exactly what the strike is about, but it sounds to me like they're tired of bad management. And I'm sure this is going on in New York City. You know, you think it's just the police that are affected by bad politics, bad policies? It's everywhere. This is why I say to you, the teachers, or people, the teachers get vilified, the school districts. I say to you, man, they don't know which way to turn. They're getting sued by everybody. Caught in the middle. Cops caught in the middle. Public works workers, parks workers, they're talking about putting migrants in Central Park. How do you think that affects the Parks Department? What do you think the city just says, we're taking this over, you can just step aside? No. They're like, you will now take care of the trash for, you know, however many people they're going to house there in tents. This is lunacy. Think about what happened in Paris. And think about what happened in Paris they had the strike separate. Remember how violent that got? And then they had the, um, 
the the uh, riots recently. Think about both happening at the same time, the convergence of the two. How dangerous does this become? This is now why I understand why FEMA has plans to, to block off the cities. I could easily see this happening. Uh, how many are in Philadelphia? We don't know. We have no idea. We're not told. I can tell you this. I see the signs of it spreading. You hear me talking about it. People roaming around with backpacks. And I know. People, oh, how are you? Oh, so somebody with a backpack is an illegal immigrant now, right? That's not what I said. Not what I said at all. But it's clear to me, well documented at this point, that the homeless problem has pushed, been pushed out. Pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. Everything. The county no longer offering its centralized services. The city choking on, on what it has. How long before it erupts into a, a violent problem? And you've got 100,000 angry people on the other side of a fence. Effectively turning our cities into refugee camps. It defies logic that this is going on on so many levels. I don't know. Eric Adams now considers housing illegal immigrants in tents in New York City's Central Park. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Isn't it uh, racist to say illegal immigrant? And uh, homeless, I think I think that's all. You know, it's bad. Racist. Clearly, white privilege being exhibited there. You know, you're not allowed to call something for what it is anymore. What, have you lost your mind? It's, come on. It's rude. Let people wonder a little bit. There's my sarcasm kicking in there. Hey, uh, well, anyway, I, I'm just telling you, if I look at this situation and I see so many problems, so many problems, I say to myself, why is this going on? This could cripple this country. It really could. You know, just to give you an example, um, let me just see if I can pull it up here. Uh, U.S. Immigrants 2022. How many U.S. residents are from migrant families, U.S.-born children? Um, We're close to 27%. What to see here? Let me see. I'm trying to find the number that came into the country. And just looking here briefly, and there's a natu- annual naturalizations. Not sure what that means, but they got at 940,000, higher than any year since 2008 when the all time high was over a million immigrants became citizens. That sounds like legal immigration. A million legally, huge, huge number. How many illegally? We don't know. But we know that right now there's 100,000 in New York City, 75,000 in L.A. How many around the country? Just to put this in prison, and this is now not legal immigrants that have presumably come here and um, assimilated in some way into our economic system. Right, whether they're on some type of government assistance, but I think most are probably working. 
said this before, I think you'd find a lot of uh, migrants have very conservative values. I think that gets mis, uh, mistook. And I don't. I think the, the support is there for the liberals at all. Even this inner city um, uh, craziness going on, I think they're using it to steal votes. I really do. So, well, there's these people there. However, they get registered, ballot harvesting. It's a bunch of ballots show up in the middle of the night. We now know that. And I think it's. They think they're leveraging it that way. I don't think these people are casting these votes. Not for a second. Who knows, though? But either way, either way, think about the security risk of 150,000 angry, mostly men, and how much damage that could do around the countryside. They have to eat. They've got to be fed, housed, taken care of, entertained. All these things. How, how's that happening? I see big, big trouble in so many ways. And how are we going to deal with it? You say, well, we're going to have to, at some point, somebody's going to come in and have to ship them out. Do you have any idea what you're talking about in that regard? It's, it's not going to happen. We're not going back from this. The only question is going to be uh, if we have a country left. Something that Donald Trump said. We're just we're letting it. I remember back in the in the late eighties, nineties, Pat Buchanan, that right wing, Bible thumping, radical Nazi, white privileged crazy. You know what he was saying back then? He was saying that this is like a taking of, of south of the southwestern United States, letting it being taken. That's what he's saying 30 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. Now they hold the cities. Go downtown to any city and go try and find a white person. Doesn't exist. Some places, Manhattan, I'm sure L.A., but only in very secluded places you watch when you run the risk of these things breaking down. Look at what happened. Remember the mayor out in Seattle? When the, uh, the, 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 they started showing up at his building and shooting fireworks at his windows, and all of a sudden, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. All of a sudden, you feel a little vulnerable. It's a little freaky. I, I gave you the analogy uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. I said, imagine you're coming home, you're pulling in your driveway. Here comes a couple of guys all disheveled, wearing backpacks. Looking kind of dark and dreary. What's going on here? Doesn't matter what nationality. Well, these guys, though. Who are these guys? And like they're just walking past your driveways. You're turning in, so you got to wait for them to walk by, so you can turn into your driveway. They look at you, and you got to decide. Do you make eye contact. You want to start a little war right then and there, right at the foot of your driveway. Then you look, and you're like, man, there's some more behind. Holy cow. You look down the road, and there may be 100, 150 people who come walking past your property. Interesting, interesting stuff. What are you going to do in that situation? It's coming, or worse. What about when it's nighttime? They're looking for places to scavenge. 
Waiting, you know, maybe they want trying to get resources. You don't think that they're not going to organize on some level at some point? Very, very risky. What's going on with this? Nobody even talking about it. Nope. All they want to talk about is climate change. The, uh, the state-sponsored propaganda that you're getting in the news, all they want to talk about is climate change as the country is utterly destroyed. You know, this whole uh, front Schwab... World Economic Forum, whatever the guy's name is. And he, you know, the great reset and the white people will be extincted. And everybody's like, listen to this freak. We will never stand for that. Vote Donald Trump. I think it's done. You know, I, I don't think we have a say. <laughs> and uh, I don't think you're going to stop it. Not short of something cataclysmic. So that's the state of the immigrations. And then add to that that you're going to have a government worker. Government workers so disgruntled. This is a huge problem in itself. Teachers don't want to be there. Uh, there's not many teachers. Of course, you have a few of your highly liberal teachers that are pleased to, you know, dye their hair blue and, and, and provide an open space for people to be who they are. Right, we've all heard this, but if it's two percent, I'd be surprised. Five percent, I don't see it being more than that. So, ninety-five percent of the teachers are normal. Oh yeah, that'll get me in trouble. Yeah, do I think that this whole transgender thing is abnormal? Extremely. You want to talk about radical, freaky radical? What's going on? Don't get me started. The point is, ninety-five percent of the teachers are looking at all this, being like, I can't believe that I've got to call Johnny Jennifer. And I'm not allowed to tell his parents. The, I told the story, I think it was an L.A. school, where the girl got beat up as she was walking with the teacher. The teacher said, we have a policy. I can't touch the kids. I had to sit there and watch this girl get beat to hell. They're not happy about it. So how many cops aren't happy? Nobody's happy at work because of this. Not, if you work for a large corporation, which is many people, you've got these crazy rules. Speaking of crazy, I saw a business in North Carolina got sued because they had a required morning prayer. How stupid could people be? Why would you even do that, even from any perspective? The company said, well, you don't have to pray, you don't have to believe in God, but you have to show up for the prayer in the morning. And so they did this prayer, and you weren't allowed to speak out about it, and that's not good. That's that's not That's not religion, that's like forcing your beliefs on somebody else is what it is. Anyway, moving on to some other interesting stories. Um, Miami's top cop cuffed with the spat during his wife, then shot himself in the head hours later. This story is um, nuts. Sounds like there was a lot of alcohol involved, which can happen. The husband and wife get in a fight, and I guess it got very heated. She admitted, or what was reported in the article, that she knew how to press his buttons and was pressing every button that night. The cops get called at some it's in a hotel for like some kind of a police um, event, and this is the Miami police chief. This is you know pretty high up. They respond at this hotel. They have to put the guy in handcuffs. They release him, drunk, whatever. Imagine the patrol talking about that that night, you know, back in the squad bay. 
Anyway, he ends up putting a gun to his head later and kills himself. Couldn't take it anymore. And I'll tell you, there's a buddy of mine that talks about this phenomena of women who um, mistreat and abuse men. It happens more than you'd know, physically, verbally. And some of them can be quite crafty at it. They really can. Pretty sad story. She said she knew the things that he had experienced as a cop and what troubled him. And she knew how to press his buttons. Crazy, right? Did you hear this story about the two U.S. Navy sailors giving China uh, military secrets? What are the chances they were Chinese? I'm surprised that that got printed. I really am printed. Listen to me. I'm showing my age. Nothing gets printed anymore. I'm surprised that 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 was reported, that these Chinese sailors were selling secrets to China. Do you think for a second if they were black that that would have been revealed? I don't think so. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's not how it works. Not because it never happens, right? But anyway, interestingly, uh, these Chinese guys, they're stealing secrets. They're selling them to China. They're, they were born in China, and they're serving in the American military. This is a whole other thing with the immigration, by the way. How many Chinese, they have so many people. You know, How many of them are here that are just embedded everywhere, that are controlling things that you could never even imagine? Who knows? I'm not saying they're controlling anything. I don't want to be racist. I don't want to be a Chinaphobe. Um, and I don't really feel that way, but... It is a legitimate concern. You're letting people in the country. They can serve in the military. What kind of constraints are there? Uh, apparently none. Listen to this crazy story for your uh, general information. Homeowners Association Board arrested over $2 million stolen. It looks like the problem is much fi- financially much larger. So... Um, and here's the, here's the thing with this homeowners association: the, the people that live there are going to pay the bill for it. There's probably no insurance to cover it. Maybe I don't know, but probably very little. And uh, they're going to get stuck with the bill and the mismanagement that came with it. It's unbelievable to me. And by the way, with these homeowners associations, um, you have such little control. You know, here in Pennsylvania, local municipalities are very limited in what they can tax. So is the state. You know, it's locked in. State, the county, the local taxes, the school taxes, which are the biggest portion of our taxes. Even they, 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 they by uh, statute, like they can only increase it 4% a year maximum, and they can only do that one every year, something like that. There's some formula. Very, very limited. The Homeowners Association, on the other hand, has no such limitations so they can jack the fees to whatever is necessary and especially with all the inflation I've actually I've, I've been on um, I've formed quite a few associations in my time uh, working as a developer uh, I've also helped a few board homeowners association boards dealing with bad management and specifically regarding um, the fees that they were having to put into reserve to replace things down the road which is required here, at least in Pennsylvania. And um, they're mostly mismanaged. Mostly mismanaged. There's no real incentive for the manager. These homeowners association managers are 
typically paid a, a percentage of the cost and uh, or maybe a, a per lot, a per home site fee. But there's no real incentive for them to cut costs, like uh, say with a profitable operation or something like that. And uh, they just kind of run through their thing. And then it, politics it gets into the homeowners associations too. Let me give you a little example. And I've dealt with this all firsthand. All right. Uh, Johnny B. Homeowner over here, he buys this brand new house. And um, he moves into this homeowners association. And he wants his grass to look like it does on the golf course where he likes to spend his time. He puts a sprinkler system in. He has it fertilized. Actually, he wants the homeowners association to fertilize it, and then that becomes an argument. And and then uh, you know, uh, Bill, Billy Bad homeowner says, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't even go outside. I got asthma. I got uh, whatever CPD, OCD, B, OCD, or whatever that. No, whatever. Asthma. Stick. Let's keep it easy. I can't go outside at all. I don't want to pay for this fertilizer. And then I'm gonna just cut it more." Oh, yeah, that's just the beginning of it. Well, they get the fertilizer because, you know, uh, Billy Bad Homeowner, it's only, uh, you know, $7.50 per year per resident. We're getting it. So they get it and it gets passed. Well, then spring comes, and sure enough, Billy Bad Homeowner was correct. Spring comes, and the sun and the rain come, and all that fertilizer, and boom, beautiful dark green yard. Johnny C. Homeowner, he says, um, Johnny B. homeowner, right? Um, he says, uh, this is great. We're going to need to cut the grass every three days in the spring. But Billy Bad, homeowner down there, he's like, over my dead body, we don't need to cut it once a week like we did when I was a kid. Let, let the grass grow. It's better for the environment. Blah, 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 blah. I've heard all this. Snow. This one wants it cleared in an inch. This one's saying, why are we spending all this money? And the last one says, I like talk about the environment. And I kid you not, this is what goes on. Probably in every association. Meanwhile, the manager is sitting there going, what, what do you want me to do? You want the grass cut twice a week or once a week? And, you know, eventually they get a vote on it. But anyway, my point is, there's no real incentive to save money. In fact, it could be detrimental to the manager to save money. He says, we're not going to do all that fertilizing. If the manager himself cut, no, we're cutting that out. We'll mow once a week. Blah, blah, blah. And then they bring in a new board, and they're like, we're not happy the way you've been keeping the grounds away around here. And they fire them in grand fashion and bring in a new one. That's the way we do things around here. Seen it all, my friends. Seen it all. Be wary of the homeowners association. I'm not saying that all of them are bad or problematic, but they all do have problems indeed. Listen to this nut story. Alabama boat fight. I don't know what sparked this, but there was some nasty fighting. People had to have gotten hurt. Um, a lot of white people down there fighting. I got to believe there was a lot of drinking growing on, growing on, going on. Um, a black guy got beat down by a group of white people. We don't see that every day. It's not good. What the hell is making people act so strange? I had another story. A 78-year-old guy punched and killed like a 96-year-old guy over a road rage incident or something like that. Believe me when I tell you, some of these old people on the road can 
piss off the good humor man. The, you know, that'd be like 20 minutes to make a turn. Go, go, for God's sake. It's stuck behind, it's like getting stuck behind a school bus, but worse. Um, but that doesn't mean you go punching me. But what, what possesses a 78 year old man? I probably have the numbers off a little bit, but they were really old. I'm like, what the hell is going on? People down in Alabama and. I can understand the, the pent-up migrants. They're not getting housing. They have nothing to look forward to. You can understand how the violence would break out. Well, then what do these people have for an excuse? None. Crazy. Just another sign of, of how despicable this country has become, really. Bad. Like the, or what's our, big, what's our uh, existential threat? It's the people. The people in this country. Nuts. Let me leave you with this. Microgrids are giving power to the people. There's a big write-up on this. What's a microgrid? A microgrid is basically this, you know, for a town or a community. And in this case, they're talking about a community with a homeowners association, and they have a a microgrid. I think that's fantastic. I sent it to a buddy of mine. Nah, I don't like it. Uh, there's definitely drawbacks to it, but one of the benefits is backup power when the grid's not available. And even if it's not completely reliable, of course, because it's solar and there's going to this is the story revolves around a place down in North Carolina. I think that's ideal. I've said this before. Many parts of the country, not in Buffalo. If you're living in Buffalo, you're like, I ain't going to work up here. And you're right. It's not. Maybe you go wind. Maybe not. Maybe you just stick with gas or whatever you have to do there. But down in, in, the, in the Sun Belt and out west. I think it's a great idea. Solar paneled street lights, um, better, better all around, in my opinion. Locally generated, renewable energy, no, lower impact on the environment, at least from the generation. You get the batteries to deal with. But there's other ways to deal with that, and I don't, I don't know why more work isn't being done on, especially when you get into a microgrid setup. Uh, one of the great ways to deal with that would be mechanical batteries, which would then, I don't know about the um, the the uh, solar panels themselves, but if it was a mechanical battery, it would um, be EMP-proof. What's a mechanical battery? Does anybody know? Here's a question, boys and girls. Who knows what a mechanical battery is? Do you ever have those little play cars when you were a kid and you pulled it backwards and it wound up a string and then it shot forward? Well, that's a mechanical battery. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. Pumping water, right? So the solar panels run during the day, right? They, they're charging during the day. They pump water into a tank that's off the ground. Then at night, when they're not producing energy, the water naturally drains from the tank, spins a turbine that generates electricity off of the falling water. The following day, it repeats itself. If you ever want to know exactly how much power you have left, just look at the level on the water tank. I think there's drawbacks to it, of course, but it's certainly suitable for a microgrid system. Not only is it suitable for a microgrid system, and there's another reason why I don't understand why more isn't being done to to deal with this, water especially, although there's plenty of other methods. Um, I mean, it's, it's the cleanest, most reliable, and you could store up energy. So let's just say you're in North Carolina, you say, you know what? Worst case scenario, we would think there'd be like a week of cloudy weather and, and rain and so forth that, you know, we would run down our normal batteries. We want to have a week's worth of power and storage, and you could conceivably build it. Now, I don't know about how um, 
you know, the, the costs of all that and how feasible it becomes. But I'm telling you the truth. Every issue that we're dealing with right now, not even every issue, because I, I don't buy the whole climate scam thing. Decentralized power that you can generate yourself, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that communities have that power, that ability. At some point here, it might be the difference of survival and not. Think about that a little bit. I've talked about it before. I don't think it's probable. I'm not one of these uh, prepper people that's saying, you know, you know, doomsday, doomsday, EM. You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? I don't think it's highly likely. But if the power went out, it didn't even have to be the whole country. Let's just say, like, the eastern seaboard, right? Like, draw a line from Chicago, like, down to Mississippi. Everything east of that, the power goes out. And not forever. Just say, like, four months. Some some parts need to be replaced, and the work is going to take time. And there's going to be no power in that region for four months. No gas pumps, no air conditioning, no lighting. Think about what's going to happen in that situation. Think long and hard. Add to that 100,000 migrants holed up in New York City that are now going to be out and about looking for whatever they need to sustain themselves. Not a matter of if, but maybe when, my friends. God willing, I'll be back on Monday. Uh, I like this three-day schedule right now for the rest of the summer. It's what I plan to do. We're going to keep with that. And I'll see you soon. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.